as well. So we want to make sure you guys uh, know that. Well, today is, uh, is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Yeah. And um, it's an honor, it's really an honor for me to have my beautiful bride, Tracy Dawson. Many of you don't know Tracy. Or you might have seen her, but you don't, yeah. you don't have to see us together because we're busy. Yeah. Um, and so we don't, get to, we don't really get a chance ever to do this together. So it's a real treat for me this morning. But I'll, I will also say um, that she, from a church perspective, um, she leads worship. You probably see her up here leading worship sometimes. Mm-hmm beautiful voice, loves to lead uh, lead our church and just singing praises to God. She, as well as many women over the years, um, I think we talked about six years, yeah, six um, and a team of, of folks, uh, she leads our ladies gathering, which is a, a, a monthly meeting that, uh, that Tracy and her team offer for the ladies in our church uh, to come together. If you've never come to it, uh, it's your fault. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's on you. Um, and they have childcare and everything, so there's no excuse. And we want to make sure you know that uh, she and her team does do an amazing job uh, just finding ways to help ladies connect. That's really the goal, to help ladies at our church connect and then to take them deeper into relationships through groups and other things uh, that we have for you uh, at our church. And, uh, but I, I, above, and all, above, above and beyond all of that, just to let you know, um, for me, uh, one of the greatest ways that Tracy leads uh, this church with me is she is uh, she's an amazing wife. She's an amazing mom. Um, she supports us and supports the family just in an incredible way. And behind every you know slash successful anyone is a much more is a much smarter, more successful person behind them. And so would you thank Tracy for just helping us as a church in all the ways that she does that you may not ever see. You may not ever see. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, babe. Well, go ahead and le- t- kick us off with Mother's Day. Try not to get emotional. Um, So on this day, I wanted to start with uh, just a quick passage from Proverbs to to kind of remind us of why we do what we do here on Mother's Day. And it says here that a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. And that's kind of what what Mother's Day is about. It's about recognizing the women who are mothers Uh, in our lives, whether it's your mother or you becoming a mother, just recognizing that role and, um, and celebrating it because it is a big deal. It is, it is a hugely impactful role and it is a very difficult one, uh, which we're going to talk about in, in a little bit, but to take that time to just, you know, reward, celebrate her, but also reward her for the things that she has done well, for the impact she's made, and for what she does, and how it affects everyone. Um, but please know that our aim today is to is going to be to celebrate women, but we do recognize that a day like this may not be the happiest of days for everyone, because if you've lost your mother, or if you have a strained relationship with your mom, or if you've lost a child, or if you're waiting to be a mom, and this kind of day just reminds you of that pain of where you are. Our hearts are with you. We pray for you, and we pray that you have peace on this day, while also having the the place to recognize and celebrate mothers, um, because we rarely do exclusively exclusively set this time aside to say, hey, this is what... This is what you do. This is the impact you make, and we want to recognize that. So um, regardless of where you are, we hope that today encourages you. Men, I know this conversation is really heavy on mothers. I encourage you just to allow this to help you appreciate 
the mom in your life, your mother or your wife who is mother to your children. Um, we pray that this gives you a greater insight into all of that for her sake and for yours. Yeah. We want to talk about the challenges that face, um, face sort of our modern moms here. And, um, and, and, and this is kind of, this is early on. This is an all play. Okay. One of the questions we, we, we kind of tackled as we were working through what we wanted to say today was, what are some of the common characteristics of today's sort of modern mom, right? What are some of the, what are some of the common characteristics and traits that we see? And I just want you guys to shout out some. You got to make sure it's really loud so I hear you. What are some of the common things, just things you would describe in terms of moms today? Just shout it out. It's an all play. Men can, can do it. Busy. What else? Love. Fun. Did I hear fun? I think we heard fun. That's, That's a, great. We didn't get that in the first service. Way to go, there. We didn't Eric. get That's that awesome. in the first. No. Uh, what, what else did I hear? Chauffeur. Chauffeur. Oh, gosh. That's so true. All yeah. right. What, what, what else? Nutritionist. Wow. That's, yeah, well, these are great. Well, we didn't get any of these in the first yeah, service. Yeah, absolutely. What, a diva? Is that what I heard? Well, I know that's true, Ollie. All right, well, you know we know that's true. All right, give me two more. What's a couple more? Overwhelmed. Yes. I heard one over here. Multitasking. Yes, working. We heard. All right, that's good. We 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 kind of again. There's so many things we talked about. We decided to give you kind of our top five that we've noticed um, in terms of just some of these common characteristics, and um, and there are some incredible ones, right? There's there's the the attentive. Uh, and involved parents, right? The, the mm -hmm. attentive mothers are much more attentive and involved than than I think my mother ever was. I want you to know that most of you moms in here, you have more pictures of your kids in the last month than they ever took of me my whole childhood. Okay, so I'm just saying, like, now there can be some negative to that too. But but yeah. moms are very attentive in this day and age, very uh, involved, empowering, right? The leadership, mm -hmm. the the empowering side of it, advocating for future. We think that's a big part of of sort of today's mom, mm -hmm. um, supportive, that can kind of uh, encompass a lot of things. And the one that, that I thought Tracy, uh, she said this, which was really true, was resourceful and innovative because yeah. um, you guys have so much more uh, at your disposal than we you've do. ever had before. We do, but we also have unique challenges that we feel like are fresh and new. And so when we're facing a challenge, we, we, we do have to be resourceful. We do have to draw upon other people and sometimes get online and get these ideas of what's, how do I help my child through this or how do I deal with this issue? And so, um, you know, we really Which is do. Which great. It's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, these are all kind of the, the positive aspects. As with a lot of these, you can, you can go overboard with some of them. But we, we made this list to be kind of like the celebration of what are moms doing in terms of uh, that are good, that are strengthening, that are positive. We also, though, see that there are some that are a little kind of on the negative side. We, we see that we modern moms out, today yeah, yeah. are exhausted. Exhausted, yeah. You know? Uh, overwhelmed was one that um, someone said over here. Um, we're overscheduled and overcommitted, um, anxious and stressed. I think I'm saying your stuff. That's okay. I think I'm, okay. You go ahead, girl. It's your I'm day. I'm talking over him right it's now. Your, it's your day. That's right. Um, we seek public approval, and, and this really comes out whenever we're, um, when we're posting things online or we, we really want to be validated for what we're doing. And on the, the converse of that is when we have an issue to deal with, especially disciplinary-wise, we sometimes feel hindered because we fear public disapproval. I mean, how many of you have been in the store and your child is all of a sudden in need of a whooping? 
And you're just like, do I or don't I? Do I leave? Do I go to the bathroom? Do I do it right here? You know, um, you know so we, we have this challenge in terms of, um, of all of that. And public opinion and approval is a big deal. And then the competitiveness and insecurity that we feel yeah. as moms. And I say we because I'm right there with you. A lot of this list is really just, you know, describing some of those tendencies of my own as well as those that I know that many of you share. Yeah, and let me just speak to the to moms and dads in here in the room about the exhaustion part of this. Um, I saw a great Facebook uh, thing today um, where it talked about um, the difference between men's and women's brains, um, and it had a for men it had a single railroad track, um, and for women it had like a depot, like a like a changing yeah. lanes of everything. And, I, and Mark Gunger is an author and speaker who sometimes talks about it as uh, women women's brains are like a big ball of wire where electricity is constantly flowing and connected to everything. And for men, it's, uh, it's just a series of boxes that we will only open at one at a time, all right? Mm-hmm. And so it's true. It is really true. But here's the thing about exhaustion and the busyness and the, and the parts that sometimes there's a, there is a disconnect. I've, I've, I've seen couples and parents where um, the wife and the mom has gotten away for a day or a weekend or whatever the case is and um, left, you know, left the kids with the, with the husband and the dad and, and they come home and they ask them uh, how everything went. And the men usually say what? What do they usually say? They usually say fine. Everything went fine, right? And I've seen, yeah, and I've seen women like angry about that, right? Like angry, right? Because they're they they to some degree, ladies and moms, you want your husband, you want them to understand the exhaustion, Mm -hmm. you want them to understand and and experience it to some degree, right? And the and men are mostly thinking just just make sure they're not dead, like make sure they're alive. That's what men are usually thinking. But here's the thing, okay, so ladies and moms, like, just understand, you are wired very differently, you know, the, the exhaustion comes from some of the, even some of the challenges we're going to talk about today, but just also because you are very wired differently, the multitasking and the, and the 80,000 things that are connected to other things, and the decisions you have to make, and men just do not function uh, that way, okay, and so uh, don't expect your husband, your, you know, your guy to, to, to know that and experience it, don't get mad at him, because they don't really understand, but men also even though you're never going to fully understand it, you can acknowledge it, you can support them in every way you possibly can because you do know it exists and you do know that it's very real, right? Mm-hmm. All right, that's, that's my soapbox. There you go. Okay, so what are our challenges? Um, real quickly, I just made, a, we made another a quick yep. list here. Um, the challenges of the modern mom today, these are things that maybe our parents would not have felt to such a large degree. Um, things like the comparison culture, Decision fatigue, and this is just mainly the fact that we make a million decisions a day, it feels like. After a while, we get mentally tired. Um, lacking control, this is not the control over our eating or something like that. Lacking control is not being able to control things around mm-hmm. us or things for our children. That is a challenge, especially if you're a type A like me or if you just uh, happen to be highly attentive. Yeah. Um, being overwhelmed, the constant distractions, um, to break unhealthy parenting cycles. And I did want to unpack that because there are times when we grow up with an unhealthy dynamic in our home. And one of our challenges as parents is to not let those things happen to our children, if at all possible, to recognize where that unhealth is and to correct it. And um, I just want to take this time to, you know, to say to my mom who's uh, watching online that I so, <laughs> I so love and appreciate 
your efforts to correct the things that you yeah. felt were very unhealthy and hurtful to you because that made a huge impact on me. So on this day, I rise up and I call my mom blessed. blessed. I love you, mom. Yep. Um, she, uh, yeah, she did a, a very intentional job of uh, correcting things that were hurtful and damaging to her, and I'm the better for it. Um, so other challenges of mothers today is family disintegration, um, information overload. I mean, you can go to the WebMD and get scared to death about why your child has a cough. Yep. You know, something simple. Um, uh, protecting protecting Just, them uh, from dangers. Disability and special needs. Yeah, yeah. stressed out children. Yep. And then parenting guilt, which we can feel guilt for a whole array of things. And then the solo parenting and the isolation that you feel whenever you're having to go it alone. Yeah, and I, I said this for sure, so I felt the need to say it again. You know, a lot of times, um, I mean, there are. There are solo parents there that are doing both jobs and they're, they're, they're raising the kids on their own. Uh, but in our culture as well, what we sometimes see is um, there are two people in the home, there are two parents in the home, uh, but for whatever reason, because of all the other challenges and things we talked about, uh, moms, have sort of, moms have sort of taken the reins on all the parenting decisions and isolated themselves to being sort of the only parent. Does that make sense? And it's really unhealthy. It can go down a lot of unhealthy mm -hmm. uh, routes. And, we, and Tracy said this morning, just let, let them help. Like let, mm -hmm. your, let your other partner, your spouse, your, your, yeah. your brothers and sisters who are helping you, whoever they may be, let them help. I mean, for men, like if they, if they need to use duct tape to change a diaper, that's fine. Like let them, let them change the diaper, right? Like let them, let them be involved. Uh, don't isolate yourself to, mm -hmm. to solo parent when that's really not the way it was designed, and that's not really healthy um, for you. So, right. yeah. And so motherhood, in my opinion, is the hardest role a woman will ever assume. With each milestone, whether it's sleeping through the night or starting school or driving or going off to college, there are a brand new set of uh, challenges, dangers, and doubts. It's demanding physically, spiritually, and emotionally. <coughs> it can make the most capable woman feel completely inept. It can make the most brilliant feel stupefied and the most energetic beg for rest. <laughs> it brings a painful realization that we have less control than we'd like, and it can break your heart wide open and still mend it in other ways. So why would we do this? Why would women sign up for this thing called motherhood? Why do we do it? Motherhood changes it changes our view of the world, <clears throat> of mankind, and of God. I believe it opens our eyes to the beauty and wonder, to pain and joy. And it teaches us that time truly is one of our most valuable and precious resources. It can make the most selfish woman become selfless and self-sacrificing. It can make the toughest, it, it can actually toughen us up as it pushes us beyond our limits, as we don't know what we can do until we actually have to do it. It develops patience in the most impatient of hearts, and it can fill one who lacks compassion with a heart of compassion, one who lacks mercy with a heart for mercy, and one who lacks grace with a heart overflowing with grace. Yep. It can make the most timid woman ferocious. Mama bear. Yeah. Yep. Especially if you have to advocate for the yeah. needs of your child, medical, health, mm -hmm. or educational. It can make a tough, no-nonsense woman melt into a weeping mess as she gazes at her vulnerable infant or her struggling child. 
it opens our eyes to the perfect love of the Heavenly Father if we choose to see it and to seek Him through it. Yeah, motherhood changes us, but undeniably for the better. So as I thought about today and what I would want to say to, to you here today, how I would encourage you is in light of the challenges and the difficulties of motherhood, in light of all those things that we just talked about, I wanted to think about the hope that we have as mothers for our children and how I believe that same hope is what God has for us. You know, in the creation account, we know that God created um, mankind. We know that he created them male and female and um, that they were very much the same in, in general ways, but then there were some differences beyond the physical differences. We know that there were differences in the way he created the man to reflect his image as well as the woman to reflect God's image and glory. We are his image bearers, right? And... Um, I believe that women display aspects of God's nature and character that are very distinct and uh, stronger in that female heart. And they really come to bear and into fullness when you transition from just woman to mother as we pour ourselves out into these children entrusted to our care, whether they are naturally born, adopted, or even fostered. Things, these things would be like our capacity to care and nurture, to protect and comfort. These qualities are very much probably present in women, generally speaking, but they come out to a larger degree when you become a mother. The fact that these um, are intensified and directed to our children, to me, is, is a strong indication that this is something beyond us, that this is something driven by a greater uh, power, driven by a greater impact on our souls. And I believe that is entirely how we are reflecting God in our role. So, um, so let's talk about this hope for a second. What is it that we hope for our children? Do you hope bad things for them? Do you hope ill uh, or failure for them? No. We all share one common thing as mothers is that we hope great things for our kids. We raise them up, we nurture them, we care for them, we provide for them with the hope that they will grow up to be strong, caring, compassionate, responsible, you name it. All of those qualities that we long to see in our children, we hope good things for them. And you know what? I think that we also need to shift and see that God has that same hope for us. We often fail to see that parental connect, but I honestly can say that my own understanding and view of God has changed dramatically once I became a mother. It's like once you put that child to sleep and you see them lying there and you're just filled with love for them, even though they were a terror throughout the day, in that moment, you, you forget those things. You just, you're like, oh, I love this child. I want her or him to grow up and to be strong and capable and, and responsible and good and to love God and love others. We want these things for our children, and that is very much exactly what God longs for with us. Um, as we look at Scripture, so I wanted to share a couple of examples of this in Scripture um, because 
we see that parental kind of connect when we read things in the Old Testament where um, God speaks through the prophets and he says, all day long I've held my hand out to a disobedient and, y'all know the word, stubborn Mm -hmm. people, obstinate was what the old translations say. Oh, don't we know what that's like, right? (laughs) How many of you have held your hand out to your child and said, come here? And they don't. They look at you like, not gonna. No. Do you know what? God, God understands and he relates to us in very much that same way. We are his children. That's why he calls us his daughters and sons. I think he understands those challenges better than we realize. Um, Isaiah, uh, as he goes on in Isaiah, he says, As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. You will be comforted over Jerusalem. Here we see that our desire to comfort, what we do naturally, innately with our children, it really does stem from what God desires for us as well, for his children. In Luke, Jesus also says, how I have often wanted to gather your children together. He's talking to Jerusalem right there. I've wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. Here Jesus is expressing frustration over his desire for his children, but it is rejected. I think he understands so much more about um, our parenting and our challenges than we realize, and so much of what we do naturally in the comforting, the nurturing, the, the protecting, and the caring comes from him. In fact, this is something I forgot to mention the first, uh, uh, the first service, was that uh, he says that if God in heaven, um, no, if you as sinful parents know how to give good gifts to your children, which let's all admit, we know how to do good things for our kids, right? If we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more does the Heavenly Father long to give good things to his children who ask him? He says, when, you ask for, when your kid asks for bread, you don't give him a stone. When he asks for a fish, you don't give your child a snake. Come on. You know? If we know how to do these things naturally for our children, where does that come from? Does he not feel the same way? God longs good things and hopes good things for his children as well. Yeah. And... You know, as I, th- I thought about the list as we were talking about this idea of connecting the dots between um, kind of a mother's hope for their kids and God's hope for you, um, all I could think about was that negative side of the list, you know, the, yeah. the overcommitted and the stressed and the anxious and the exhausted and the, and the um, seeking public approval. I mean, just as, as parents, but as moms as well, like, if you saw your kids struggling with all of that, wouldn't that just break your heart? Like, wouldn't it break your heart to see your kid struggling with that? Well, that's, that's, that's something that even moms, we, they, you so naturally sort of like, well, it's just, it is just tiring, and it is just this, and it is overcommitting, and it is trying to make, you know, spin every plate. But, but God in heaven has a hope for you that, that you don't have to live like that either, mm-hmm. you know? He has a hope for you that they don't, and it has to do, it really it just has to do everything with the relationship you have with him. And it has to do with what you rest in and what, what it is that you what it is that you decide to be versus oftentimes we so focus on what we're doing, mm-hmm. right? Especially as moms. I love that when Jesus said, Jesus was praying for his disciples and um, used some of the very same language we're talking about in terms of protecting and guarding and guiding. And, and, uh, but he prayed that they would have this, this closeness, this relationship, this being with, 
with their Heavenly Father. In John 17, uh, let's read a few verses. In John 17, this is the prayer of Jesus in the garden. He says, now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that no one was lost except for the one headed for destruction, as the scriptures foretold. You go down to verse 20, it says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all, right? It's us, all who would ever believe in me through their message. And I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are, are one. As you are, sorry, as you are in me, Father, I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. As there's this purpose to not just the nurturing and protecting and the hope that God has for all of us and the hope that God has for moms is so that he can be seen in this relationship that he has with you, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the questions we wanted to really focus on today that you will hopefully walk out of here with, that there will be an answer to this question that, that uh, obviously we're going to try to give you an answer for it, but just a question that I want you to wrestle with, and that is, what is the most important thing a modern mom can be? All right? It's easy in a, in a message talking about the challenges of face motherhood today and the challenges in our current culture. We could focus on a lot of trying to get practical on the things you can do, and yet we so quickly already move to the doing aspect of things. But today we want to start with, what's the most important thing that you can be? What's the most important thing that you can be? And, and as we talked about this over the last uh, several weeks, um, I... I I just what what came to my mind, especially when it came to the doing and the being, was that story um, of the Gospels tell us of Mary and Martha, right? Mary and Martha, and I went back and looked at it just to see some of the words that, that, that were given to us to describe what was really going on in that in that scene. And so this is in John ten, or sorry, in Luke ten. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. This is Mary and Martha, the the sisters of Lazarus. It says, her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught, but Martha was, what's the word? Read it out loud. Distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. So she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these, what's the word? These details. And yet there's only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it. And it will not be taken away from her. Again, I think sometimes we, we are so quick to be consumed, especially moms in the room, but as parents, we're so quickly consumed with what we are doing and not doing, mm -hmm. right? What we need to do, all the things that we need to do, all the things that we're not doing, all the things that we may have done wrong. We're so quick to, to judge everything and to base everything in terms of our, our relationship with our kids about the doing versus the being. And this moment, Jesus is helping them understand, helping Martha understand. Listen, it's not that there isn't a ton to do as parents and as moms. I understand that. And that's just the way it is. I'm not trying to get moms in here to just go out today and say, I'm not doing nothing. Although you probably could do that for a day, right? I'm not doing anything. But, but it's not about the not doing. It's the what precedes the doing. And that is this relationship of where Christ said, I want them to be in us the way I'm in you. And there's a being part of this that he says Ma Mary has discovered. She's discovered it, and it won't be taken away. It won't be taken away. And, that, and there's a word that kind of comes around this idea of being. And I really do believe it's something that we want you to take out of here today in terms of 
what it is that you can really be. First Peter 4, 8 says, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers over a multitude of sins. Now, I love this passage because even though the context of this is in a different conversation, it applies. It applies completely. Um, as our call to love others deeply is very much the same call to love our children very deeply. And here's where the grace is in this verse, that love covers over a multitude of sins. Now, this is what we talk about when we talk about mothers being overwhelmed and that guilt. I mentioned that earlier, that, that we can feel guilt over a million things. We're going to mess up, ladies. We're going to mess up moms. Um, no one's perfect. So we admit that and we, we confess that. We have to. And, and I'll just, I'm going to give you a quick uh, snapshot into this because this is just a, a great little example of how love is going to cover over a multitude of sins. The, you know, the small things that we do when we come unhinged. Um, a couple of years ago, I'm uh, fixing dinner for the family and um, I'm trying to make some quesadillas, something easy. And I take the bag of flour tortillas um, out of the fridge and I, I'm just pulling the bag out and they all fall right out of the bottom of the bag. And all of them, not just one, all of them. And my floor's not clean, people. All right? So I'm like, I'm frustrated and I'm looking around at the kids because I have a certain kid who doesn't close the bag, won't name names. But um, so I'm looking around like, who did this? Who opened the bag of flour tortillas from the bottom? Look what happened. Look what you did. And I am, I'm in like, you got to understand, at this time we were dealing with an issue of lying in our family. There was, a, there was a person who was struggling to tell the truth over little things. These are not big things. These are little things. And so my anger then turns to not over the flour tortillas, but why are you lying about it? Why won't you fess up? Who did this? Who did this? Nobody would fess up. And I'm like, okay, people, I've had enough of this. I am done with the lying and the deceit. If somebody doesn't confess to this right now, you're all going to your room. No one confessed. So I'm like, okay, everybody up to your room. All three of them sent to their room. I guess I'm, I'm not sure where Charlie was. It could be just before Charlie. Anyway, so I'm making dinner in peace, and then Matt comes home, and we're getting ready to have dinner, and still no answer who did this. And I'm like, I look at him, I said, you didn't by any chance open this bag of tortillas, did you? Well, I didn't know there was a top or bottom to that. And then that it all true. became abundantly clear. It was not the children, and it was not a lie. It was him. At which point... I'm, I'm publicly confessing my, my failure, my mistake, <laughs> that we mess up. Sometimes you discipline the wrong child. Sometimes you're going to do wrong. Sometimes you're going to go off the deep end over something really silly. But you know what the grace is in this kind of, in this passage, love covers over a multitude of sins. And I asked my kids this morning driving in, I was like, do you remember that time that I sent you to your room? because nobody would, you know, you know, confess to doing this. Do you remember that? Because it felt kind of extreme. I felt bad. They're like, no, you did that? And I'm like, yes, yes, I did that. Apparently, it made very little impact. It was not very effective. But, but again, 
This love, what I pray, and I believe they will remember, is the overarching thing. The overarching theme is love, that what we do out of love is going to help smooth over those mistakes and those things that we do in error, those things that we do out of exhaustion and just flat-out selfishness. Um, yeah, love love. Is, yeah, love is this, uh, and we talk about this in other areas of the church, but anytime there's a principle of God, anytime there's a, um, an instruction and an ideal that comes from God, it is going to be timeless, okay? It is going to be timeless, meaning that, that it was the same for your parents and your great-grandparents and their great-grandparents and all the way through the history as it will be for your kids. Like, it's a timeless instruction. It's, it's universal, meaning regardless of your culture, regardless of the today, regardless of the cultures around the world, right? Mm -hmm. that, there's, that there's these instructions, these ideals are going to surpass all those things. And we know from love, love being this thing, Loving, love being this common thread that it's, you know, even when the scripture says that, the, the, um, you know, you're left with faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. It's the supreme power. It's the thing that we are called to be, okay? It's the thing that we're called to be. The reason I say that is because we are so quick to get to the do, right? You, like, like all of us, listen, we're all guilty of it. We can all very quickly slap a love bumper sticker on all of our activity, right? All the activity that we're involved in as parents, all the activities you're involved in as a mom, and all the things you worry about, and all the things you stress over, and all the things that got to be right, you can slap love on there like, it's, I'm because I love you, that's why, right? And yet, everyone in here, I'm just saying this because most of us are adults in this room, everyone in here, hopefully, you had an experience where if you think back on your mother, that, the, that there's a word that comes up, that she was love, that she not just loved you in terms of action, but she was love for you, right? But also being as adults, you also know every single thing that your mother, okay, you know every single thing that your mother stressed over, worried over, fretted over, tried to make everything right, tried to do all these things, tried to get you to do all these things. You know all of those things that didn't have anything to do with you. Didn't have anything to do with love. Didn't have anything. They were all the things that were all about her. They were all the things that were all about, about, about her, the way she, again, public approval and the thing, way that she looked, right? We all have that. We all have that. Most of us should be in therapy and we're not, okay? So we, we all have that. That's why the being is so important. That's why the common thread, this idea of what's the most important thing, mm -hmm. you as a mom can be, it's love because your kids are one day going to be old. Your kids are one day going to be the adults going, oh, yeah, my mom loved me. But you know what? She also really worried about this. Mm -hmm. She also really got angry about this. She also really got, you know, everything just had to be right about this. That didn't have anything to do with love. Didn't have anything to do with love. Have everything to do with them. Which is why it's the most important thing you can be. Now, I, I love this verse. This is, the, this is the, the chapter on love. If you've ever been to weddings, you've heard this read, right? This is 1 Corinthians Paul writes this to the church in Corinth to, uh, to talk, just to help describe love. And I'm going to do it this morning with some context. Just put yourself a little bit in the context of a mother, okay, of a mom, in terms of being love for your kids and sowing this into their life. Here's how it starts. It says, if I spoke or if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, 
I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Could you imagine, moms, if you could speak in such a way that would inspire with such clarity to your children that they would move at the first time you said it? Wouldn't that be amazing, right? And yet, without love, it's just noise, isn't it? It's just noise. If I had the gift of prophecy and could fathom all mysteries, who opened the bag, right? And all knowledge. And I've had the faith to move mountains, but did not have love. It's nothing. And here comes the, the, the martyrs, the mothers who are martyrs. If I give all my possessions to the poor and give over my body to hardship, then I may boast. But I don't have love. I actually gain nothing. Mm-hmm. And here's all you know, the words you've heard before. Hopefully this is something you can put to memory in terms of the being in your heart, but love is patient and it is kind. It doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it doesn't dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. And it always protects, and it always trusts, and it always hopes, and it always perseveres. And then read the last three words out loud. Love never, never fails, fails, right? Love never fails. So again, I think again, I think I think the challenge for us to understand that this is the most important thing that mo- that a mom can be is love. That this is the thread. This is the thing that your children are going to remember. Now again, I know there's a lot to do. I'm not trying to tell you that the, that the doing doesn't exist. I mean, Mary and Martha, dinner had to be made. Okay, mm-hmm. dinner had to happen. Okay. But what Jesus was teaching in that moment was that there's, there's, there's really one important thing that Mary has discovered. And it's the thing that I hope you can discover, is love. That that for you as a parent, as a mom, is the most important thing you can be. And all the doing, okay, all the activity, all the things that come from that will continue to sow seeds of love into your kids and into the next generation. And I pray that as you think about this love that you have for your kids, just try and ponder that that love, where did it come from? Where did it come from? What or whom put within you the capacity to love to this level, to this degree, to this kind of self-sacrificing and and the things that we do um, and as we are being loved, to our children. Remember that that came from him. That, you know, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Everything that we have and that we do well is from him, not of ourselves. And so as you go, I just want to give you this final kind of um, encouragement. This is an encouragement from um, Galatians 6 and 9. And it says, let's not become weary in well-doing. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now, moms, I know a lot of you with young children, you want the harvest now. You want the nights, you want, the, you want to be sleeping through the night, you want them bathing themselves, you want them feeding themselves and doing all this stuff independently. That's a small harvest. You will get there. Um, all of these things, like when you want the, when you want the respect or when you want the child come to me for my wisdom, You know, those things, that's a harvest we have to wait on for a while. 
there are some things that are the short term and some things are the long term. And I love these agricultural kind of illustrations because they, they, meant, they meant a lot more, they were easily understood yeah. back in the original uh, day of when these were written. We have to think about them a little bit more. But when you think about the planter, the farmer who's preparing the land and he's, he's just toiling, he's working very hard, removing the rocks, removing the weeds, removing everything that's in the way, and then he plants the seeds, it's work. Mm-hmm. He covers over it. And he toils, he tends it, he makes sure that nothing grows up in there that's going to choke it out. It is work. And then he has to wait. He has to wait on the rain. Some things are out of our control. We can't control our children making the right choices. And you know what? We're going to sometimes have to watch them do it wrong. It's gut-wrenching. But if we don't give up, continue sowing those seeds Love, faith, hope, trust, all of these things. Continue sowing this. Don't grow weary because if we do not give up, we will reap a harvest. And um, read that Charles Stanley quote. I really like that. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. I saw that. Yeah, one of my favorite, uh, you know, pastors growing up. Another thing that I did with my mom, we would watch Charles Stanley all the time. Um, I got double church growing up, y'all. Went to church in my home church, and then I got church at home watching Charles Stanley online. And uh, one of my favorite uh, phrases that he talks about with the concept or the principle of sowing and reaping is that you will sow, you will reap what you sow, meaning you don't get thorns from figs, you don't get, you know, pumpkins from cucumbers. That's right. You know, you're going to reap what you sow. So what you put in, you're going to get out. But you're going to reap what you sow later than you sow and more than you sow. This is where God does his miraculous work. He multiplies it. What we put into it, we get much more out of it. So I love that. We reap what we sow more than we sow and later than we sow. And I want to encourage all the all the senior adults in the room, although everybody over, you know, over, over your, you got grandkids, you know, now, and uh, I want to encourage you, because my parents came to visit, um, they came through um, a couple months ago, and they're, uh, they just, my dad had just turned 80, not that long mm-hmm. ago, and, um, and so my parents are 80, and we, you know, we, we have two teenagers now, and, and a preschooler, and um, that's fun. And so we, 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 we are, we're shopping colleges and and preschools. That's right. I, and I, and I shared with my dad, I've shared with other people, like, I'm not ready for some of the teenage stuff. Like I'm not ready for her to be driving. I'm not ready for some of the discussions and decisions that need to be made right now uh, with our teenagers. So I'm just, I just share that. I'm just not ready for that. I'm really not. And I was asking my dad and my mom and I was asking, I was just like bringing up scenarios and asking things like, did you ever have this? And did you ever do? And did you ever experience? And what did you guys do? And at some point I made the comment that I don't know if our children are going to make it through this, right? <laughs> and really more realistically, I was like, I just don't know if I'm going to make it through this. And my, and my dad and my mom were just there, and my dad started off, and he said, yeah, but the best thing about it is, he says, the reason we exist, he was talking about you know, them as, as grandparents, he said, the reason we exist is to help you understand that you will get through it, right? That you will get through it, and that your kids are going to get through it, and everything is going to be fine. And can I add one thing to that? Your mother said something that I said needs to be plastered on every grandmother's or, or every 
older parent's Facebook wall. She said about marriage, it always gets better. Yeah. How many times do we just hear the negative? We just hear the problems or the whatever. But for them, their reality, because they both have their eyes set on Christ, he's very much at the center of their marriage. And she said, it still is getting better. I'm like, that's amazing hope. Like, I love that. We need to hear more of that, that it gets better. It encourages us to stick it out. Yep. So Galatians 6 verse, every parent in the room needs to get some grandparents in their life, even if you don't have your grandparent with you, and they just need to be able to be there to say, keep sowing, don't give up, don't give up, keep sowing that love, keep being that love for your kids, because mm-hmm. you are going to make it, and the kids are going to make it, all right? Let's pray together this morning. God, thank you so much for your word, and just, and just the way it, 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 it not only comforts us, because that is who you are as our Heavenly Father, but also challenges us and helps remind us of what the most important things are. And God, just as a dad, as parents, as the mothers in the room, as we talk about it and celebrate them today, we know, just from our current culture, that it's so easy to be distracted by the busyness of parenting, by the busyness of being a mom. But God, there is one thing that we can be. There is one thing that we can sow. There is one thing that you've called us to be that will never fail, that will produce and and, and reproduce a harvest that is greater than we could imagine, and that is love, and it's your love through us and in us. And so, God, I'm praying for every mom in the room that they would be encouraged, that they would know the answer to that question, that they would leave here today lighter, uh, not feeling so distracted, not feeling so much of the weight of of the doing, but but just sitting and resting in the joy of the being. And I, may, I just pray that today would be a day of just being love and being with their family and being with their, um, uh, their kids to be able to show and express the love that I know, God, you want every single one of us to be able to receive fully the, that same love that you expressed and so into us. And we pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you guys thanks, Tracy, for coming to help us today?